0: Yo, what up, everybody? This is Mark from Suicide Silence. Brian Fair
1: from Shadows Fall. Gary Hull from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. And Chris from Bad Wolves.
0: It's Joe from
1: Briar Rose. Tyler Burgess
2: here. And Hey, okay,
1: this is Charlie with Anthrax. I just want to give a shout out to Pendleton Metal Radio podcast. Uh, the thing about it is, you get know, your rock news, metal news, uh, unsigned band. Uh, with new episodes dropping every Sunday, make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now, you motherfuckers!
2: All right, welcome everybody to another exciting edition of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Monster, here. And I want to apologize to all you guys for not having a show last week. I wasn't feeling very well that whole weekend. It was was uh, kind of a crapshoot to say the least, and then the week we didn't have a Mont's House Records Club trying to get over a sinus infection uh, that I knew I had, and I waited too long to get it looked at. Uh, Thank God that it's only a sinus infection, but nonetheless, we are back with a brand new episode, and we have an interview from the vaults that we're going to be producing on this show, so stay tuned for that, but first, we have to do our weekly Social media business side of things, right? Uh, so if you want to follow the show, you can do so by going to Facebook.com forward slash Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. Again, it's Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. It's E-D-D-I-E. You can follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com forward slash EddieMonster82. Again, that's Eddie Monster 82 on Twitter E-D-D-I-E-M-O-N-S-T-E-R. I know my Boston accent might get in the way, but it's not monster. It's monster. Uh, nonetheless, you can also follow me on Instagram. I don't really post a lot of cool stuff on my personal Instagram page. Uh, but you can do so, Instagram.com forward slash Eddie Monster 82 uh, You can follow the show on Instagram for sure. And that's Instagram.com forward slash Pedal to the Metal Radio Show and last but certainly certainly not least it's the blog page pedal to the metal radio again pedal to the metal radio show.blogspot.com that is the place to go to find all the links to be able to listen to the show plus some other stuff that'll be coming very very soon 2021 we're going to try to do some things with this podcast uh, again it I know it's been over a week. It's been two weeks since the last episode of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. Again, all apologies to you guys. We have a good show for you guys this week. And we got an interesting, interesting interview coming from the vault. That's right. It's my interview with Robert Mason of Warrant. That's right. Everybody's favorite 80s rock band, Warrant. Uh, It was a great interview. Kind of... A little amateurish at first, I will admit. We talked about the weather. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so that is the deal. It's Robert Mason from Warrant. That will be on the show. We got some obvious rock and metal news to give to you guys this week as well. Uh, but let's not waste any time because we have the unsigned band of the week. And before we get into that as well, I do want to mention that we're going to be doing a Pedal to the Metal uh, Awards kind of thing where we look at the best in rock metal, extreme metal, the best single of the year, the best cover of the year, all sorts of stuff. So stay tuned. The episode after Christmas is where that is going to come in. So, again, stay tuned for that. That'll be great. I'll announce all the nominees on that show. But anyways, it's time to get into the Unsigned Band of the Week, and we have a good one for you guys this week. And we figured since we have Robert Mason on the show for an interview, we figured we would keep everything in the rock realm of things, and we found a band that is perfect for you guys coming all the way from Ridgeview, Washington. I am talking about the one and only Wrecker, right? These guys are badass. They've got a rock, hard rock sound that will remind you of the 80s, or at least what's the best of the 80s. With a little more of an updated sound, which makes it perfect. These guys kick ass. If you want to follow them, you can do so by going to Facebook.com forward slash Wrecker Rocks. Again, Facebook.com forward slash Wrecker Rocks. You can also follow them on Reverb. Go to ReverbNation.com forward slash Wrecker and, without, and if you go to that site, actually, I should say, there are a lot of great songs that you can listen to, plus some really cool covers like Strutter from Kiss. I enjoyed that a lot. Check it out. Give these guys a listen. Give them a follow. Do it. All right? Here it is. This is Wrecker with King on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast.
0: Time for Rock and Metal News.
2: Presented by Eddie Monster. Alright, as promised, I've got some rock and metal news for you guys this week. And we've got some interesting stories to look at. And one is one that I'm not so sure I really wanted to comment on, to be perfectly honest. um, Because I don't know the full story. And you know me, I don't like to... Talk about anything unless I have the full story, but uh, apparently Tommy Vax, everybody knows from Bad Wolves, was accused by his, I don't know if it's his ex or his current girlfriend, I'm not really sure, Um, but apparently he was accused of assaulting his former girlfriend, fitness model, and personal trainer, Whitney Johns, of assault. Apparently, she said that he had hit her uh, badly, that she she, could, she basically bled. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Um, and it even choked her out and various other things. So this sounds like an MMA kind of relationship here. Because um, you see this story being told plenty of times in MMA nightmare stories that you hear, like what happened to that porn star. Uh, When she got choked out and beaten almost to death by Warhammer, that was some serious shit. And apparently, you know, there's things that, you know, he's being accused of, but he's saying basically that it's an extortion attempt is what Tommy Vex has responded with. So Tommy was on a podcast, and this is what he had to say. He goes, "This is a good example of cancel uh, cancel culture." I'm currently, like many of my friends who are professionals and public figures, are wealthy. I'm currently engaged in an attempt. I'm currently engaged in an attempted Me Too hashtag Me Too campaign, and I've been going through an extortion attempt for ten months. I dated a girl. I didn't know a lot of things about her. She had a history of doing certain things. He goes on to say, You know she was not well. She was physically violent and our relationship was toxic. And I was like, see you later. And this actually happened. A breakup happened on the heels of a girlfriend of mine. Was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. So crazy. Uh, He says, So my friend Amy... Nicole Harwick, she was a doctor, she had a stalker, she dated this guy. Amy and I were friends for 14 years, and you know they had a toxic relationship. She broke up with him, had to get a restraining orders, moved on, and he found out where she lived nine years later and then murdered her on Valentine's Day. So, we've heard that story plenty of times. It's crazy. This world is full of crazy nutbags. Um... But again, we'll have to hear more about the story to figure out how much of it is is actually true and who's telling the truth and so on and so forth. Uh, As far as Tommy Vex and his ex, uh, Whitney Johns, we'll have to keep reading this. Um, If you want to listen to Tommy Vex, check out the tinfoil show uh, where he denies the allegations. You can listen to it yourself. Um, All that great stuff. So moving on. If you were never sick of Creed Scott Stapp before for his over-the-top singing style, maybe you won't get sick of him here because apparently Scott Stapp is going to be playing Frank Sinatra in a Ronald Reagan biopic. Yeah. So the biopic is being called Reagan, uh, which is being directed by Sean McNamara, and apparently it's going to be starring... Uh, Penelope Ann Miller as Nancy Reagan, Mina Savari as Jane Wyman, Kevin Dillon as Jack Warner, and John Voight as a KGB agent. Um, Stapp told Billboard, Sinatra in performance mode was an exercise in restraint. He had the steely, stylish swagger, and his sheer presence commanded a room. I was excited to join the cast and blown away by. By the onset, attention to detail, style, and overall production. So it's just a drama based on the life of Ronald Reagan, uh, from his childhood all the way to his time in the Oval Office. Are you gonna watch it? I'll probably, you know what? I'm probably gonna check this out because I'm I'm a I'm a nut for movies that are based on true stories. I love them just as much as I love horror movies. I love things that are true. What can I say? Uh, Megadeth bassist Dave Ellefson was in the news And he talked about The first time Dave Mustaine Listened to kill uh, To kill them all And what started as this battle And basically to sum it up Dave Dave is basically very overprotective Of his riffs Right? He wrote them Everything about them is a part of the song Whether it's the guitar solo It's part of the notes and that <clears throat> apparently is what drove him nuts, is that Kirk Hammett played his solos on the record, and what was on the No Life to Leather demo uh, was never used. And apparently that drove him crazy, that was the inspiration. That is also why there's never been a reissue of the No Life to Leather demo, because uh, Dave Mustaine has been blocking that apparently. And that's according, and that's according to Dave Ellison. Um, if you want to listen to that, you can listen to Rob Flynn's new podcast, No Fucking Regrets with Rob Flynn. Check it out. You can listen to that whole interview. Um, and other exciting news. So apparently Ozzy is doing another record, right? Ozzy's got another record. And it once again features Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith. But it also, this time, features Metallica bassist Robert Trujillo And Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. So apparently how this is going to work is think of it like side A and side B, right? Side A is going to be Chad Smith on drums. Side B will be Taylor Hawkins. I think that's pretty fucking badass. Let me tell you. Um, I'm excited for that. I think Taylor Hawkins is amazing. Throwing him in there is going to definitely bring something to the table. Um, And here's what Andrew Watt said. So Watt is once again producing the record. He says, there's a bunch of people involved. I can't say for sure until the end, but I started doing a bunch of basic tracks with Chad and Robert Trujillo, who used to play in Ozzy's band. And Taylor Hawkins also came in and played a bunch on the record as well, which adds a different flair. It kind of harkened back to Ozzy's 80s era in a great way. And I think it's so cool for a rock fan to be able to listen to half an album with Chad on drums. And then you flip it over and you get to hear Taylor Hawkins. That's what I was talking about uh, to you guys just a minute ago. Uh, so I'm super, super, super excited for that. I can't wait. I think this is just tremendous that Ozzy's doing this. Um, why not, man? Why not? Uh, so I'm moving on and I'm na- and I'm going to read... So Kerrang! Magazine just released their top 50 albums of 2020, and I'm only going to read to you the top 10. Of course, if you want to read any more, you can go find it yourself. Um, No, I'll post the link on the page. Uh, So at number 10, Emma Ruth Rundle and Thou with May Our Chambers Be Full. At number 9, Machine Gun Kelly with Tickets to My Downfall, which is Machine Gun Kelly's rock album. Um, At number 8 is Valbard. With when I die, will I get better? At number seven, Loathe. With I let it in and I took everything. Number six, Pearl Jam with Gigaton. At number five, Enter Shikari. With nothing is true and everything is possible. Number four, Ghost Mane with anti-icon. At number three, Deftones with ohms. At number two, Biffy Clyro with a celebration of endings. And at number one, Code Orange with Underneath. So there you go. There's Kerrang's top 10 out of the 50. Um, surprisingly, I see some albums that, I, in my opinion, should have been higher, in my opinion. Um, like Trivium's What the Dead Men Say, Ozzy's Ordinary Man, ACDC's Power Up. Uh, I even think Napalm Death and Lamb of God should have been a little bit higher. But this is their top 50 list. So you guys will want to stay tuned when I do my list and when I name the nominees for you guys to vote on, on what you think the top albums of 2020 really were. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But right now, we're going to cut it right now, and we're going to go right to the interview with Robert Mason. Uh, It's a good time. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor. So I just want to throw a little disclaimer out there for you guys. So I tried cleaning up the audio as best as I could. I was using some pretty shitty equipment back in 2011, uh, 2012, around that time. Uh, but this is an interview with Robert Mason. I had a lot of fun with Robert. I edited out a stupid part out of it. There was, there was no need for it in the beginning. Um, but I hope to get Robert Mason on the show once again. We'll have better audio. We'll have better things to talk about because there's a lot of things to talk about this day and age. So, Robert, if you're out there, send me a, send me a shout out and uh, we'll get in touch, we'll we'll bring you on the show, we'll talk more Warrant stuff, we'll talk other things going on in the scene, but for right now, check it out, here is the interview with Robert Mason. Welcome back everybody to Pedal to the Metal right here on 91.5 WBIM, that was Warrant with Sex Ain't Love, that was brand new Warrant, and speaking of Warrant, we've got the new lead singer of Warrant, Robert Mason, how you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, Eddie. How are you this uh, fine afternoon?
2: Ah, uh, not too bad. How are uh, you in California right now?
1: I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm West Coast guy, so I'm actually in Arizona right now. So, uh, you just played Sex and Love. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's a great song, man, it, and I'm very, very impressed with what you guys got going on so far out of the, you know, the couple songs that I've heard.
1: And... I really appreciate that. I mean, we, you know, we worked really hard on the record. We took our time. I've been in the band a few years, uh, and we just kind of said, let's test market a couple of these. Uh, I don't know whether you know or not. If you go on YouTube, you can see versions of Sex, Ain't Love for the past yeah, six guys, months uh, or more.
2: Yeah, you guys have been playing that live a lot, right? Over the so, past well, year? As,
1: yeah. As, what we did is, because there was no pressure, yeah. We took, as soon as we had some songs that we thought worked great in a live environment, you know, you get too close to them so you want to say okay are we crazy or is this good enough to play in our set and we kind of just used audiences you know i i kind of asked very nicely would it be okay if we played a brand new song and you know and then tell them oh and there's background vocals that you have to do you have to do them like the the whole audience has to do it and by the end of the show by the end of the song rather So when we test songs like that with a live audience, they have, you know, arguably a very well-known song in our set to hold right up against it. Like, we'll we'll literally play brand-new songs right after a song that everybody knows the words to, and and by the end of the song, they're all singing along, and if they clap afterwards, if they show appreciation in some way, if they, you know, Facebook it after, or if if they come up to us at meet-and-greets, you know, when we're signing stuff, you know, like after shows, we'll hang out and meet fans. And we've had such positive reviews from all these songs Many of them. We only played a few lives throughout the year for people. Yeah, but we just figured we were on the right track and, you know, for better or for worse, let's just do a record and see see what it can do.
2: I definitely got to tell you, I mean, I, I think music today has been missing, you know, a certain element. And I think you guys are, are bringing back what is essentially ha, has been missing a lot in rock and roll and, and heavy metal, whatever you want to call it.
1: Eddie, what's what's your listenership? What do you think your number? What do you think your demographic and your numbers are? How many people do you reach? Um, I mean, it,
2: uh, that I, I don't know exactly. University radio? Yeah, I mean, I, I I we reach a lot of people around you know around the area.
1: Oh, okay, here's my point, Eddie. You need to get a better job. <laughs> so that you can reach billions of people and then you you need to say that to billions of people have that. You need to be All our right, publicist. Hey,
2: believe me, brother, I've been trying to <laughs> I've been trying to preach this for a long, long time. I've been trying to preach that. You know what? Music today is just it's junk to me.
1: Well, I'm not I would never be one to say that. There are a lot of people working really hard and making great records. But it's a very high compliment that you say that kind of thing about ours. And, and I mean, have you heard the whole thing? Did you get an advance no, copy? I
2: haven't. I haven't got a, a chance to listen to the whole thing. I've I heard "Life is Life's a Song," which and, is the first single. Yep, in America. And... Right,
1: and we shot we shot video for that. Uh, we just finished editing days of grueling editing video, which I. Does it sound like I hate that? Because I really kind of do.
2: <laughs> you know, I do a little editing myself, and and I hear you on that. After a while, it gets pretty grueling. But um, and then obviously I've heard "Sex Ain't Love," and I, and that's that's pretty much all I've heard so far from the Rockaholic album. Well,
1: like I said, there are 14 tracks where we didn't really skimp. We we wrote a bunch. We wrote a lot more than that, but we kind of whittled it down. Like I said, took our time over a couple of years, and actually less than a couple of years. We you know, I, I spent some time in the band and after a while we just said, Okay, well I have song ideas. Do you have song ideas? And then we thought to ourselves, once well, we got enough of them that we thought it was worth it. Yeah. We just figured, Okay, let's put something out and you know, it it gives us for me much... personally, it gives me a little bit of sense of pride okay. that we you know, we we did a warrant record. Yep. Everybody threw their two cents in or five cents in or whatever amount of cents they had. And we just you know, we <laughs> did it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it, from what I've heard, I'm telling you, it's, I've been saying this for a while, and, and I've been, I've, I do re- a lot of reviews for a lot of records uh, for the school newspaper and stuff like that, and some of the reviews I've done is like Whitesnake's new album, uh, Accept's new album, uh, you know, various bands from, from that era, and I, I'm telling you, what I've heard, you know, nobody has disappointed me yet. And I think, well, man, and I I... think that speaks volumes for, you know, for the genre.
1: I appreciate that, and it's good company to be. And the White Snake guys are dear friends of ours. And in fact, I just saw Accept over the last weekend because they were in Arizona at a festival. Uh, one of my old buddies, Mark, is now the singer in Accept. He and I, are, yeah, you know, he's, went kind of hung just... out in the same Jersey scene together. So I kind of surprised him and dropped in backstage at their show. And I, it's funny because I walk in, I go. I can see him behind, you know, he doesn't see me yet, and he's got his back to me, he's getting ready for his his show, it's about a half hour before they go on stage, and I walk in, and kind of loud enough for him to hear, I said, so I hear they got this punk from Jersey singing (laughs) in his band now, and he he wheels around like he's going to, like, you know, knock somebody out, and he goes, he looks at me, and I, I don't know if I can swear on the radio, I'll just, let's just put it this way, he was surprised to see me. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's cool, you know, and, and. The thing it seems to me is, like, a lot of guys from Jersey, you guys have, like, this sort of, like, real close relationship, it seems like. I mean,
1: you know. Well, we grew up... The thing is, the guys that are... Like, the Skid Row and Bon Jovi guys are older than me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Zach, I think, is... Zach from Ozzy's band, and obviously Black Label now, yeah. made his mark with Ozzy. He was... I think he's a year younger than I am. So we're all in that area where we were all kicking around on the same stages at the same time. Yeah. I mean, those, the Skids guys you know, like I think Tico, Tico from Bon Jovi's band took me out to dinner one night, like when I was nobody. And Dylan Turner was a great friend. Ray Gillen was a great, was a great friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, those guys, it, it's kind of like the New York metro area, which includes New Jersey was a hotbed for that. And we were all kind of tight and coming up at the same time competitive, but not in a negative way. When you know, I mean, when, when Zach got at 19 or 20, when Zach got an Aussie's band, we were all extremely over-the-top happy. And then, obviously, the Bon Jovi thing happens when we're all like, in you know, maybe end of high school, beginning of college. And then the Skids get their deal. Cinderella guys, who are really good friends of ours, too. Okay. We, t- we play shows with the Cindy guys or uh, or the Skids every once in a while now. Yeah, And we just maintain those close relationships, you know. We're still friends to this day
2: yeah i mean it just it's sort of see i think like essentially every scene in every you know town or city whatever has that sort of like close knit um you know you guys are all you know trying to make it big and sure you know and, and stuff like that but uh yeah i mean uh, i know you guys uh i interviewed d k ravel i don't know if you know him from jet boy uh
1: i you know what i know Evan and i really don't know him
2: um i interviewed him, and i know you guys are playing uh the m three festival correct that's like two weeks or so from now two and a half weeks may 14th in uh columbia maryland um who, i asked him the same question and i'll ask you like out of all the bands even on friday and saturday out of all the bands who are you most excited to see honestly i
1: never i've never seen a bad kick show in my life and steve and a couple of those guys are actually you know pretty good pretty good buds steve and i rode uh Rode in the same van, leaving the hotel, going to a couple of festivals last year together, and, and hung out and talked. Yeah. And I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the Northeast, so I know what it's what it's like to be in Baltimore when Kicks plays. You know. Yep. yep. Uh, for me, they're a great band to see, and I just love, I love them so much. They were like the East to me. They were our East Coast Guns and Roses before there was a Guns and Roses. And, you know, historically, and I I mean no slight to GNR because Appetite, when when Appetite came out, it changed the world and I love that record. And I, you know, a few of those guys actually have crossed paths with and they've always been really cool to me as well. Um, I mean, for like obscure bands that you don't get to see too often, a festival like M3 is great, but by the same token, I can't wait to watch, because I'm really good friends with Doug Aldrich. I am lifelong friends with Brian Tishy. You know, nice. so for me, Red Red Beach and I have been tight since 1991. I've, you know, I know Coverdale. So everybody in that band, Devin, the new, you know, John, the new drummer, I mean, uh, the new uh, bass player is a, a Boston boy. Isn't he a friend of Tissue's? I think so, yeah. So, so watching Whitesnake is going to be great. Yep. I don't get to see those guys too often live, although, I, you know, when I'm in L.A., I, I hang out with Doug a little bit. Okay. So, you know, for me, it's just being a part of that. Uh, Being accepted and being able to, you know, do our our time on stage and be a part of that event means a ton. I mean, you know, hanging around backstage, getting... Those big festival shows are a lot like a high school reunion. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. So it's a lot more socializing for us and everybody grabs some food and catering, sits around, and then you'll, you know, you'll see me and Eddie Trunk sitting on stage right watching kicks or watching whoever, you know, whenever we get time off.
2: Okay. Um, let's talk about the new album. Uh, why don't you describe the you know the whole process of you know how you guys went in there and and just describe Rockaholic for us.
1: Well, Rockaholic was uh, originally a word that got tossed around for a minute or two by Jerry and I, and I think Eric Turner as a song title, and I think it was Innocence Gone or something like that, one of the songs on the record, and as I rewrote the lyrics, because Jerry, oftentimes the songwriting process, one guy will throw another guy a half-finished idea and say, here, you know, yeah, uh, I'll I'll say to Jerry, songs. Jerry will say to me, okay, I got some lyrics, I got a melody, I got some chords, but I'm not a singer. You finish it and sing it. And then I'll, you know, and everybody's got home studios or, or I would fly out to LA and work with Dixon and Turner a lot yeah. uh, on, I, on, you know, germinated ideas. So we've got the, the, the shell of an idea or a framework and then we fill in the blanks and, you know, together. Uh, there were a half dozen examples where I brought a song to the band completely from my own twisted brain. And I think four of those are on the record, but Jerry will get something almost all the way done and then say, okay, Mace, I'm, I'm, like I said, you need to make this your own. Plus you tell me if anything sounds weird or awkward. And, and you know, I make little corrections sometimes a lot, sometimes not so many. So that's how our songwriting process goes. It comes from every different angle. And then there are times when, you know, I'd make frequent trips, believe me, between Phoenix and Burbank, the Southwest Airlines, all the gate agents and flight attendants know me on a first name basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'd get in rehearsal in Burbank or wherever and throw down for like a whole day or two. And that's when ideas would come out and we would flesh things out together. You know, I'd bring a demo on my iPod Play everybody an mp3 of what it, what came out of my head in my own studio but that's me playing guitars that's that's a drum machine it's me playing bass and then we let it become a Warren song because i don't play guitar like joey and eric do i certainly can't play bass like jerry dixon i mean and and i'm no drummer yeah. so but i have ideas about what i want everybody you know everybody's done this for a long enough time to have an idea of what they want but at the end of the day, we want to make it a warrant record. It's, it's not about any individual guy. It's about the sum of the parts. Yeah. And that's how songs come together. We, uh, once we had enough of them, we got uh, an old acquaintance of mine, Keith Olsen, who is a legendary producer. We got him on board. We got Frontiers Records on board. And uh, once everybody got a schedule together, we just made it in pretty quick order. I mean, just a few weeks when we had Basic Tracks done, after pre-production... Keith Olsen is an amazing production mind. He's done so I mean, Google Keith Olsen. Enough said. You know, anybody with with the internet can find out damn near anything these days. And yeah, you want to cool. learn you want to learn a lot about the record industry? Hang out with a guy like Keith Olson for a few days. Now I made my lynch mob record with him. I had worked with him on countless other records, doing sessions, singing background vocals. So I've known Keith since 1991, and when it came time to pick a producer, he was my choice because I hadn't worked with him in a few years, and he's so legendary, and he's just got an insight. He doesn't change the, the core of your song, but he adds or subtracts something that makes it genius. And not that our songs are genius, but he is, and he just, he's a musical, just font of musical knowledge. He makes everything better that he touches, and he did that for our songs. And then a guy named Pat Regan mixed them. Pat's got an amazing set of ears. He's an LA guy. He knew the Warrant guys. So it was kind of like, hey, I know a guy who can do this. I know a guy who can do this. And Frontier's Records was, has been great to us. So we're just hoping we bring it to people and they'll embrace it. I mean, I'd like people to really take strong listen to the whole record or just go to iTunes and download samples. I mean, you know, I know how technology works. These days if you buy a if you buy a physical CD, though, you get great packaging. We've got funny pictures. We, liner, I live for liner notes. Like, I'm me a too. student of, of musical history.
0: Me too, me too, believe me.
1: Through the liner notes of, of other people's records. Yeah. So we tried to, you know, the rockaholic theme was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's also, you know, one of the one of the addictions you're allowed to have and you don't have to go rehab for
2: it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um,
1: I don't know. That was a pretty long answer. Was that cool? <laughs>
2: no, that was cool. That was cool. Um, but all right, the record comes out May 17th, correct? Correct. Okay. And, uh, let's check out the, uh, the new song, uh, Life's a Song.
1: Life's a Song is, uh, is a single and video that should be hitting YouTube really soon.
2: Okay. All right, well, we'll be back in a little while. Let's check out the song. I want to thank you, Robert, for coming on.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, anybody can check out warrantrocks.com. From there, they can get to every other social networking medium and, uh, you know, awesome. come out and see a live show. Get off the couch, watch a live rock band. All right.
2: I hope they, I hope they follow your uh, your advice there because,
1: uh,
2: you know, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, rock scene needs the support. That's all I can say.
1: Well, it, uh, there are still people that support it, and we're very thankful. We really do have great fans, and I just want everybody to give this record a shot and really enjoy it the way we do.